0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Thank hey you very much, Eamon. And as you heard from Eamon, the DUP says talks in Northern Ireland's protocol have reached a big moment. British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has been holding discussions near Belfast with Stormont parties. And the DUP leader Geoffrey Donaldson says progress has been made in resolving the outstanding issues.
1: Clearly, this is a, a big moment. Uh, the next generation uh, of Northern Ireland, of its people, Uh, requires us all, I think, collectively to use our best efforts. And the decisions that will be taken by the Prime Minister and by the European Commission will either consign Northern Ireland to more division or they will clear a path towards healing and to the restoration of the political institutions. Over the last 48 hours, we've been engaging uh, with officials, Uh, met the Prime Minister last evening and this morning We have not yet seen uh, the final text of an agreement, clearly there will be further discussions between uh, the UK Government and the European Union but I think it is safe to say that uh, progress has been made across a range of areas but there are still some areas where further work is required
0: by Ben Lowry, editor of the newsletter. Ben, it, it sounds there reading between the lines like Jeffrey Donaldson is teeing up being a reluctant bride to a new agreement, but a bride nonetheless.
2: I'm not so sure about that. Um, he Certainly he took, spoke in a very positive tone and, you know, he was being constructive. I'm, it might be that what he was trying to make clear is that the DUP is not, as people say, a wrecking party, as its critics say, I, I should say, that it's not anti-stormant, that he wants there to be stormant and he wants there to be stability. I mean, he did also say, because uh, he made other comments um, after uh, meeting the Prime minister. Minister Rishi Sunak, uh, in which he said that you know uh, um, he wanted it uh, any of the reforms to reflect what the Northern Ireland Protocol Bill says. The Northern Ireland Protocol Bill is this legislation that the UK government was going to bring in, which would have effectively overhauled the Irish Sea border. So, and you know, I'm pretty well connected in unionism. I edit a unionist newspaper. I follow unionism very closely. I've been speaking to as many unionists as I can, including members of the DUP yesterday, and I'm not sure what they're going to do, but I'm not persuaded that your interpretation of that, that he'll reluctantly go along with it. I'm not sure that we have enough information for that yet.
0: Well, as the information emerges, what should we be looking for as red lines or fundamental stumbling blocks? What are the things that the DUP can't wear?
2: Yeah, and, and that's a very good question. So what the DUP, what has happened over time is that the unionist position on this has hardened. And what I do not mean is that unionists are, are becoming more hardline or that hardliners um, have the upper hand. I mean, the sort of cross-section of unionism, I'm talking uh, very moderate unionists as well, Have because, because the Irish sea border, the protocol, the barriers are very complicated because most people never before have thought much about trade, don't understand a lot of the details around trade. As the scale of the Irish sea border has uh, become clear, as the tentacles of it have um, become clear. And so some of the ways in which it removes us from the UK orbit, unionists have become more and more concerned about it, even unionists who who would be very keen to see Stormont working and everything going. So I think that Geoffrey Donaldson is in a very difficult position, because there's no question that he's somebody who is um, at the pragmatic wing of unionism. Um, the DUP is a party that likes to be in in par, likes to be in government, and that in involves pragmatism. The question is, can they be pragmatic enough if there's no real change on the constitutional position? And I don't think there's going to be any change on the constitutional position, which is that Northern Ireland trade rules and every, and, and and that and so on will be um, decided at an EU level. In other words, the United Kingdom has lost control of um, uh, trade rules in Northern Ireland. Now, what we, there is going to be, which is welcome, of course, is um, a reduction in checks. And an easier movement of goods from uh, Northern Ireland to, uh, from Great Britain to Northern Ireland, and and that, uh, but that that won't address the constitutional um, question. So how? Anybody reconciles all this is, 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 is hard to see. Well, can I
0: ask you about that, that constitutional position? There is a view, I don't know if it, if it is a view held within the unionist community, but there is a view that Northern Ireland has found itself in a very fortuitous economic niche because it is able to function as part of the UK and it is able to function as part of the EU with all of the um, advantages that come with that. Is, is that accepted by the members of the DUP that you describe and it is that they are weighing that against an ideological and constitutional position or do they believe that there is also an economic downside to where they find themselves?
2: And again, that's a very important question and it gets to the crux of a very um, uh, that's very difficult to answer. I would argue um, uh, from a sympathetic unionist position that actually the, both the Ulster unionists and Jeffrey Donaldson have made mistakes when they have talked about the opportunities. I, I know it sounds very mean-spirited to, to, to question the opportunities. The opportunities are considerable, but actually it's a binary thing. Either you are fundamentally, um, your uh, trade rules are um, UK trade rules or fundamentally their EU trade rules we know that from the protocol that the shift was to, towards the EU and, 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 and so if you start to talk about opportunities in that way which people of course see um, then the question is, what does that do to by far our most important trade, by far our biggest trade, um, by far the most important economic link, apart from anything else, from the generosity of the rest of the UK? There's a lot of complaining done in Northern Ireland. Maybe not a lot of recognition of the money that is pumped into here, and 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 that that that's why. So I think that there is an an awareness of this, and I think that I, I there's so many factors in it that I think that the DUP itself has been unsure of what its position is, but I think it's going to be really hard for it to say that it accepts this in the same way that in the Republic of Ireland, if you lost control of your trade rules let's say a, a different scenario where um, you know there was a difficulty for you um, exporting uh, Uh, from the EU uh, to Ireland but then somebody said well listen you're going to have different trade rules uh, from the EU uh, that you're not going to be in control of but don't worry we're going to make sure the movements between France and Ireland and the movements between Belgium and Ireland and the movements between Spain and Ireland are are very easy you still wouldn't be happy about it so it's not a good it's not a a good position uh, from a unionist perspective um, and it might be there is certainly the argument Um, there is certainly a A type of unionist who says, "Well, actually, you you make concede these things to secure things." But I think that there are also moderate unionists who say, "But this is what we're always saying. This is what's said about everything, from legacy uh, to an Irish Language Act to whatever." That unionists have to keep conceding things in order to secure things. But then, explain when do unionists say we can't do that anymore?
0: In this instance, if unionists do make this, the Na Plus Ultra what's the alternative? Because that surely has to be weighed up in terms of the economic impact, in terms of what it means for Northern Ireland and its its relationship with the Republic of Ireland. It has to be weighed up in terms of what it means for Good Friday Agreement, for the functioning of Stormont, all of those things. What's the thinking in respect of that?
2: Yeah, what most unionists who are... Uh, um most annoyed about the Irish sea border say is that there should be a return to direct rule. Now of course we've had the Irish government saying that there can't be a return to um, undiluted UK direct rule the unionist response to that would be well why not? Um, When uh, Stormont was suspended between 2002 and 2007 by a Labour government a Labour government that was unhappy with Republican um, Sinn Féin at the time they didn't have, uh, there wasn't an increased say for the Irish government So that would, uh, in answer to your question, which, you know, you are asking these important questions, in answer to that question, that would be the unionist response to that. There would also be other unionists who say, this is perilous stuff. Because um, you know a return to Stormont might be the least bad option. There's just there's, there's a lot going on and there's a lot of debate going on, and I would imagine that there are discussions going on with the within the DUP about how to respond to all of this
0: in relation to the the perilous stuff. What of the um, non-ideological-based voter, of which obviously there aren't that great a percentage, but the people who would be looking at it saying, look, I care more about economics, I care more about the peace dividend being continued, I care more about self-determination from Stormont rather than um, uh, uh, the the politics of unionism or or, um, republicanism. Is Is that voice, the sort of the alliance voice, does it carry more weight? Does it carry any weight in the minds of somebody like a Jeffrey Donaldson?
2: Yeah. Um, so, and I should clarify, when I said perilous, I meant perilous as in politically perilous, um, but, you know, for, from a unionist perspective, constitutional and so on. But yes, I think that, again, that, that that's, that's, that's the, I think anybody who thinks about Northern Ireland closely realises that you have, from the recent election, it was quite crystallised, about 40% of the popul- the voters vo- voting, um, consider themselves nationalist or voting for primarily nationalist parties, about 40%, it was slightly ahead, unionist, and then there's 20% in the middle. So there's no doubt that that 20% in the middle is going to make is going to be a deciding um, uh, block in a whole range of things, including when it come if, if it comes, which one day. It- probably will, um, a border poll, um, that 20% will be a, a deciding. I think that on a border poll, that 20% would probably be quite promising from a unionist perspective. But on things like the protocol, yes, there would be many people in in the middle there, and Jeffrey Donaldson can't be unaware of this, who would say, well, we do, you, you know, you might say that you can't really have the best of both worlds, but we want as much of the best of both worlds as possible. And um, if this means uh, EU access and and a different way of doing things than that's not bad. So, yes, it is not easy for Jeffrey Donaldson leaving a block that is no longer in the majority, even though, as I said, it is by a fraction still the largest block.
0: Ben, thank you very much for that analysis. That's Ben Lowry, who is editor of the newsletter. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy, with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.